0: This episode is brought to you by Bless Bites, the best tasting healthy snack in the game. They have their perfect balance of plant protein, whole fiber, and healthy fats. Because of this, they can help you feel sharp, balanced, and strong for hours on end. I can personally vouch for this product and the people behind it, because they've completely changed my life with their nutrient-dense seed flour. Having struggled with celiac disease and other autoimmune issues over the course of my life, finding snacks that I'm not allergic to can be really hard. On top of that, as an avid athlete, the snacks that I can eat Often leave me feeling underwhelmed and don't give me the nutrients I need to operate at my most optimal self. I wholeheartedly believe that food is medicine and can help you live a healthier and happier life. So go live your best life. Head to myblessbites.com and use code THRIVE ten to get ten percent off your first order of this game changing product. What's up? My name is C J Finley and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's conversation is with Joe Johnston. He just quit his job and is going all in on his dreams. During this episode, we chat about hopes, dreams, fears, failures, and everything else that comes along with going after what your heart desires. If you are someone that has been considering a pivot in your career path, you wanna start a new project or a business, or just looking to change your mindset for the better, this episode is for you. So let's hop right into the combo and get started on your path to fulfilling your dreams with some key tips and pointers from Joe Johnston. What is up, y'all? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive On Life podcast. It is Turn Up Tuesday, and I'm super excited for today's guest. I just realized I say super excited a lot, which I'm always super excited, but today is a day to celebrate because my buddy Joe Johnston just quit his corporate job, and I can't wait to ask you, how are you doing bro? Cause I know what that's like. I know all the rush of emotions and things that go through or did go through my head. I love to just kick it off, give yourself some time to introduce yourself, but then also, yeah. How are you feeling about this, uh, Plunge that you're taking right now.
1: Yeah, man, I'm feeling good. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I want to start by saying, bro, I want to acknowledge you for everything that you do. Truly, um, for this community, for individuals like myself. I mean, we just talked for 30 minutes, basically about my business and and where where I'm going, and basically free consultation from you, and and just as a friend, dude, I really appreciate you more than anything. But I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really well. I'm very excited. You know, I've kind of taken leaps before into full time entrepreneurship but this one is like you're in and it was this realization of god i just can't work for anyone else and the other realization of i'm an entrepreneur right and we talked about this is working and you know there's a lot of stuff that needs to be learned to get there to get my business to the point where i want it to be and to impact the people that i want to impact but just this realization of like, God, it literally was like painful working for someone else and the freedom and, and the drive and the excitement and the passion that comes now with working on something that you just truly care about and that you're passionate about and that you love doing is very exciting. I mean, beautiful day out here in Austin, Texas, which happens a lot. And um, yeah, man, I'm excited to be here in terms of an introduction and, and who I am. I mean, my name's Joe Johnston. I'm, I'm no one real special in my eyes. But yeah I come from Boston Massachusetts a little outside of Boston Mass and just have a passion for for helping others and helping others who maybe struggled like I did in the past have gone through some of the mental and emotional trials and tribulations of, of becoming a young adult and didn't have the greatest college experience and and just helping individuals who might be in that spot get to where I am now, Whereas fairly content on a daily basis, right? Moved halfway across the country, not knowing too many individuals, have built a business and I'm building a business that I'm passionate about, that I enjoy doing, and just working on myself. I mean, just that feeling of of inner contentment. And again, not that I'm perfect or fully optimized as I've felt in the past, but You know, continue to work on myself on a daily basis and just getting a little bit better and getting others to commit to that mission of, okay, what are you struggling with? Now, how can we optimize that? How can we work on that? How can we work on your thought process? How can we work on your mindset, on your emotions, expressing your emotions, all that? So I know I just go off on a tangent there as I do, but I'm pumped, man. I'm very excited and there's just this determination of this is it, man. I'm never going to have a job again. I'm I'm never going to have a job again. I'm full in on my business. I will go to zero. I will Uber into early, early, not early hours of the morning <laughs> if I have to. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And to be in a community as well that literally supports that. Like there's so many people that I talk to I'm like, yeah, man, I'm thinking about quitting my job. And like back home, it's like, why would you do that? That's crazy. Down here is everyone. Yeah, do it, man. Do it, 100%. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it. Go all in. Um, and so it's exciting, man. Everything kind of lined up, and now is the time, and I'm pumped to be here. Oh, yeah. I love it.
0: For those that are listening, looking at Joe on my couch right now, his literally his veins are coming out of his, <laughs> his biceps. That's how excited he is, like literally uh, super He's excited. First, trapping me for out. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're... You're a ball of energy and I love it. And that's why I'm excited for this conversation. But where my mind goes first is you mentioned how you couldn't work for somebody else and that you have this thing inside you that kind of like has been guiding you towards the world of entrepreneurship. What does that look like? So in terms of traits, and I know this personally of what that is, but I'd love for you to kind of give a rundown of how that has shown up in your life, because maybe there's someone else out there that it's within them and they don't really notice those signs yet and maybe you enlightening them could help them see those signs because I'm all about people going after what they believe in and what they what they dream of that's what we need more of in this world and to see you do it really fires me up and I'd love to get more people on that train so for you thinking back to your past what were some of those signs that you kind of saw early on you can look back and see those now um, but you just didn't know it
1: at the time yeah, 100%. Well, first, I want to start, you said, you know, I'm a ball of energy. And and thank you for that compliment. The thing that I will say is, <laughs> this is just me trying to, part of my mission is, hey, I might be a ball of energy right now, but I'm not always up, man. You know, life's not always great. And again, this is something I'm realizing with my own mission of preaching optimization. And for so long, it's like, I have to be perfect. I have to be the human optimization guy. I have to be the ball of energy all the time. No, man, I have down, I have down moments. I have moments where I got to call a buddy, like, you know, crying about something or just, you know, just something on my mind and, and the, the ups and downs of life. So there's this idea of, I appreciate that compliment, but just letting people know, it's like, man, I'm, I'm not always abolish energy and fun and, and all that, although I'm working on that. So that was just something I wanted to comment on. But yeah, man, in terms of the signs, I think the big thing for me, I guess it's twofold, is, is one, literally, like, just this incongruency of when I'm working for someone else, just in the back of my mind, it's, man, I am building someone else's dream. I am trading my time for a paycheck to build someone else's dream. So I think that's part of it. And literally this feeling of, and I'm getting more into like the spirituality and human design and all that. And I met a girlfriend of a friend was like, yeah, you literally, you will stay up all night, my human design manifesting generator, you will stay up all night working on something that you care about, but literally like sending an email for work is like the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Like sending an email for someone else is so hard. And I felt that in myself, I'm like that is me. But yeah, man, so I think that was part of it. And the other part of it is, if you don't have a dream, which I don't think there's a lot of people out there that do, and your dreams might have get you know, shut down and you've repressed them. But, and I always said, when I was in my first corporate job, the motivation to build my business was twofold, right? It was this, this pain of, and I think this is, how a lot of personal, this pain of, I cannot keep working this job. Like if I keep working this job and I'm at this job in 10, 20 years, I don't know what will happen, but i will be dead inside. And then the motivation of pursuing something that I really, really love and care about and passionate about. Um, so I really think it's just twofold in terms of the traits of, hey, I'm building someone else's dream as opposed to, I found something that invigorates me and that I am passionate about and that I would shout from the mountaintops and working towards that will keep you going for into the late hours of the night. Um, so I, that that's what it's been for me is just those those twofolds in terms of traits, man. I I think it's the passion, having a passion for something, having the discipline to go. And I always tell people this story. It's like, man, I would go when I was working a corporate job at lunch for an hour, and I'd make cold calls. And after work for two three hours, like just go to Barnes and Noble and like no one's like we talked about this, no one sees that stuff. No one sees that you did that every freaking day but you see it and you feel it. And that's kind of where the love for the business comes from, for the love that what you build come from. And I'd always have that, like, kind of that magical Disney part of my brain that was like, man, this is, I'm building my story. Like, this is the early parts of my business, going to Barnes & Noble after work, you know, at lunch. And it's, it's just inspiring. So yeah, to stay disciplined, but just truly, I think if you have something you're passionate about, I think this goes in our professional lives, this goes in our personal lives and relationships. You're passionate about something, you're passionate about someone, you're going to find the time you're going to find the energy to go do it so just say true to it and have the vision like you said have the long term vision of where you're going and go pursue that so i know i didn't really answer exactly the traits but i think it's uh, i'm a big feelings guy man and if you're feeling like in what you're doing and that little voice in the back of your head is just like god it's just you can f- i think people feel that and a lot of people repress that and some people probably like having a corporate job and that stability but if, you, if there's something in you, an inkling, a whisper that you feel like is pulling you towards something greater, you got to listen to that. And you got to start nurturing it. It can start small, right? It can start by putting an Instagram post out or writing a blog or writing an article or going to speak at Toastmasters. Um, but start somewhere and then just build. And if you have the vision, you know, just keep going. Stay disciplined, stay consistent. You're going to go get it.
0: Hell yeah. And when you mention passion and discipline – because you're, we were just talking about this prior to the, the podcast and how you kind of want to lead more into the personal development coaching and mm-hmm. things like that. So I'm throwing you a bone here. Somebody that maybe is lacking what they're passionate about or lacking discipline, what would you say are some objectives they should be setting or some things that they should be doing to figure out what they're passionate about? And then the second prong of this question is how do they grow their discipline? to make sure that if they're not disciplined, they're not going to be consistent. So two-pronged question here, how does somebody kind of unlock what they're passionate about as well as gain more discipline? Mm.
1: That's a fantastic question, man. And it's something that I've pondered in terms of, you know, finding your passion. It's a tough thing. It's a big task, right? And we get it preached all the time. Find your passion, find your passion, live your passion. And uh, it's a tough thing, man. I, I'm going to go and at least start in the answer to this question. I'll answer the discipline piece in a little bit, but um, with a quote, I'll answer the discipline piece. When it comes to passion, when it comes to really anything personal development, my thought theory, I mean, I, it, it's what worked for me, and it's what I start all my clients with, and it's what I believe in any personal development is, is you got to go back. What do I mean by that is you got to heal, you get to heal from your past. You gotta heal things that may have tripped you up mentally and emotionally. And I know it's probably not the answer that a lot of people would... Ass- Can you give us an
0: example, like a practical example? Like, it doesn't have to be about your life, but just someone's life of like, what does healing look like?
1: Yeah, 100%. So... Um- I mean, in terms of the processes of doing it, it's you know something like going to therapy or meditation or um, going on healing retreats or something. I mean, there's m- a millions of different ways to heal, but I think the big thing is just really digging into man, what is like a pattern in my life that maybe I keep repeating, and then trying to find the why behind it. What is a and um, what is a negative pattern in my life? Negative habit that I keep repeating. Um, and that- what
0: for, like, let's say mid-20s, mid-30 year olds, right? Like what do you, what have you seen just witnessed that are some (laughs) negative patterns?
1: Yeah. I mean, the obvious one I go to is the alcohol, right? Or like substance abuse or going out to the bars three or four nights a week. Um, Dr. Phil, which I know is, you know, controversial, but he says, you know, alcoholism doesn't happen in a bubble. And I, what, it, what that means is the reason I drink in my life was to cover up pain because I was hurting because social anxiety or there's stuff from my life that I hadn't healed. And, you know, I was just repressing it. And then we come down off the alcohol, but then we do it again and we get into the cycle. So um, that would be the one that I would use is the, you know, and again, you know, alcohol, I think can be used in a way that's having a couple of drinks and just to, to take the edge off. But it's getting to the point, if it's getting to the point in your life, anything's getting to the point in your life where it's detrimental, I think, my question is always to others is where's that coming from? What's the why beneath that, that you're repeating that pattern or that you're doing that pattern? And so that's that's the big thing that we'll see. And in, in just digging into what is the mental and emotional pain potentially that you're trying to relieve through that action, through that quote unquote bad habit. So that's the big thing that I always come to in any personal development. And I know it's, it's really difficult and could and be a, a subject and an area in everyone's lives that needs to be tread lightly on, and there's proper ways to healing, and there's improper ways to healing. But I think that's the big thing is, or just looking back and saying, hey, where was the time in my life where things maybe got stunted? My growth got stunted. And again, this is all going back to your question on passion and discipline. What I found, again, in my own life and some of friends and clients that I've worked with is that when we do heal, we sort of unlock ourselves. And we unlock ourselves to everything in the life and there's just this mental and emotional clearing that occurs that sort of allows us to then touch back into and reconnect with who we are. And with that comes, oh, what I'm truly passionate about and what I truly love doing devoid and outside of external opinions and external circumstances. No, like what I truly lights me up And then this concept of ego strength, of actually going after that thing. Devoid of the outside world, all that, is is having the power to say, no, this is something that lights me up, and maybe my parents can't see, maybe my friends can't see, maybe people out the external world can't see, but I care about it, and I'm passionate about it. And so the whole healing conversation is that it, it unlocks us as individuals I found it unlocks us as individuals to get more in touch with ourselves and to find what we're passionate about, to find the things that really light us up and that we can really feel and that energize us and invigorate us. comes to the discipline piece. um, (laughs) I think a big thing with that, the times when I've stayed disciplined in my life is just that I know that this will pay off down the line. So I go to the, the Jim Rohn quote is that we all must suffer from one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Discipline weighs ounces. Regret weighs tons, right? So for me, it was, again, when I was going and staying disciplined on going to work at Barnes & Noble after work, one hour a day, it was always the thought of do this now, sacrifice now, and I think you've talked about this, so that in 5, 10, 20 years, you can be out speaking on tour what you want to be doing and you're not working at this corporate job. And just knowing that that compounds over time and that if I do that an hour, an hour, that's five hours in a week, six, seven, 10 hours in a week. That's going to compound over year over year of doing that so that in two, three years, I've built this up and where I'm at now where, oh, because I put in those hours, now I'm seeing the fruit of that. Now I can quit my job. I have some money saved up and I've built up my business to the point where the numbers make sense. I can go all in, you know? And um, so I think that's the big thing just with discipline is that quote always kept me disciplined is knowing that if I put in the work now and sacrifice a little bit, the fruits of my labor are going to pay off and that delayed gratification.
0: What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning in to this episode with Joe. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back into the conversation with Joe Johnston. I love the fact that you're talking about the compound interest effect in, in discipline. That was great. And it reminds me that For anybody listening, when you talk about discipline, a lot of it is starting small. So I liked how you said earlier about like it could start with an Instagram post. It could start with like a blog or however you, whatever it looks like, show up for yourself. No, not for, I wrote a piece about validation and about how like, because we have phones and the internet now and like social validation is more prevalent than ever. It's hard for people to find themselves because we find ourselves in this kind of like phase of, am I doing this for validation of someone else or am I doing this because I love to do it? And if there was nobody to give me this validation on social media, would I write this thing? Would I do this thing? Would I show up to this event? Right? So my challenge to other people is like when when you're thinking about discipline, just like Joe said earlier, start small and build... It compounds over itself. So if you're if you're disciplined enough to just show up to the gym, you're gonna start seeing results. Then it gets easier to be disciplined to go to the gym because you're like, shit, I really love these results. Like they're great. Now in business, it can be way harder because (laughs) the results don't necessarily show themselves. Like if you go to the gym for thirty days, like for an hour a day, like you're gonna see something, and you're gonna like, damn, like, damn. I'm feeling myself. No matter what capacity you're at, you're going to see some type of result. Now in business, it can be a lot harder than that because it's like you could work 30 days and still be like, you work 30 years and still be like, what the fuck is going on, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. So for you, the reason I'm kind of going down this path is you had the discipline in your life to get to where you're at now. What does discipline look like moving forward to you? Because I think a lot of people their biggest fear of jumping ship isn't the fact that they don't have enough money, isn't the fact that they don't have friends or family that they could sleep on their couch. Their biggest fear is understanding where do they have to be disciplined to hit the goals that they need to go hit because they don't necessarily know where the hell that they're going, right? So for you, hearing you speak on what you just said, what is a day in the life of discipline look like to set yourself up for success
1: now that you've quit your job? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic question. It's something I'm still working through, right? Um, but I think what you were saying is what we fear with quitting our job is lack of structure, right? We like structure. We're habit-forming creatures. And I actually want to go back to the social validation piece. Just a side point here. It's so true. I mean, social validation is everything today, right? It's all over and we're seeking validation. But just from a primal perspective, it makes sense because we're tribal creatures, right? And we the social validation comes from the fact that If we weren't a part of a tribe in our ancestors primarily, you were dead within an hour because that saber-toothed tiger was coming and you were dead within an hour if you didn't have a community, which is why I love and appreciate you so much. And the thing that I found moving down here to Austin, is like, oh, I got to find community. I got to find people because that primal instinct in us, we're meant to connect. We're meant to, you know, connect and attach ourselves to others. It's just blown up today with social, uh, social media and, and validation and anxiety and all that stuff that comes with that. But in terms of the discipline going forward, I mean, one of the things that I know you and I have had conversations about, and that's been huge for me, is one, creating structure in my own life in terms of waking up early and forcing myself. For me, it's the, the fire is now lit with underneath me, which is what I've always loved about the times when I've left my job and quit and gone all in is, oh, that paycheck ain't coming every two weeks. That drug of every two weeks and that money's coming in and is a drug on some level of coming in every two weeks. It ain't coming. And so I got to go make my money. And for me, that's invigorating. That's exciting again, having some money saved up, that lights a fire under me. And now I got to go make money doing something I'm passionate about. I'm going to go get it. But for me, the big thing, I mean, I love working out. So I'm considering and probably going to go all in and, and do 75 hard very soon. Something I got advice from a fellow friend of ours who said, if you're going to your bi- quit and go all in, start 75 hard. So that's something that I'm going to do. But another big piece of it is is investing in coaching. And it's something that I've been resistant to for a really long time from an ego perspective, being like, I can figure it out all by myself and I can do this and I can get it done. And realizing now that, hey, I don't have all the answers and I'm only a couple years in the business. And if I invest my money into someone who's a couple years ahead of me, like yourself, or like a bunch of business coaches here in town, if I can vet my options and see what the best fit is that makes sense for me and invest in that, Um, there's structure that's going to come with that. There's potential community that's going to come with that. Um, So that's been a big thing for me and something that I'm excited about is, hey, if I'm going to be all in on this, then I need to be all in on myself and investing in myself, whether that's financially, physically keeping in good shape. But in terms of discipline going forward, it's um, waking up early, meditative practice, eating healthy, reading, things that I love to do anyways, but now are just exasperated because on on some level, you know, my success is determined by my output. Um, And realizing as well that, hey, as as sort of a solopreneur who's starting to build out more of a team now, nonetheless, as an entrepreneur, and I know you know this and appreciate this, is like, I got to be in tip-top shape. Like, I need to be on my game mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything needs to be in tip top shape. And what comes with that is I can't have anyone or anything in my life that's going to threaten that. Um, I can't be hanging out with people who are going to threaten that. And this is something I know you're big on that I'm starting to is I'm noticing that negative energy right away. I'm noticing when people like either I tell them I went all in or whatever. It's like, oh, well, you know, if you don't get it done, you can always get another job like no, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. around that because that's not an option <laughs> for me, right? Which is why I love the track pack, which is why I love hanging out with you and just around individuals like, man, that negative, man, oh God, it is so toxic. And the thing is as well, you put that out into the world, you're going to bring that back into you. Yep. You're going to attract that back to you. And I've been that person before. That's part of the reason why I quit my job is I feel that negativity come out of me. You start complaining, all that stuff. That comes back to you. People don't want to be around that. Um, so I'd say those are a couple of the things. I know I kind of rambled there as I do, but those are a couple of the things that that I'm focusing on to stay disciplined going forward. On
0: oh, you got a lot to say. It's fine. Don't don't I'm a knock speaker. Your, <laughs> don't
1: knock yourself for <laughs> rambling because
0: that's exactly what podcasts are for. It that's and true. I think it represents like all of us just have so much in us that we've seen and we've heard and we want to get out into this world and there's not enough opportunity to actually put it out there without a feeling of having to be controlled or the world tries to tell you what to say, what to look like, where to be, why to be that person. And that one of the reasons I even started the podcast in the first place is to give people the opportunity to just fucking ramble about whatever they want to. So keep going. That's what (laughs) I'll say to that. But I love everything that you just said there. And something that kind of popped up in my mind, just this is kind of like a sidebar is when we were talking about the validation and community because what I've noticed here in Austin Mm. is like true community. And Mm. before that, I think that there was too much, there was a gray area of validation, like thinking that I was a part of communities, (laughs) but really it was about how can we socially validate each other Mm. rather than just showing up as who you are. And one of the reasons I love the communities here is like most people never ask me what I do. Mm. Like, or like most of the time we're all just, Hey, what ideas are you working on? Or what projects are like, what cool things are you doing? Like, how can I help? Or how can I support whatever you're doing prior to coming to Austin? Because you brought up how the negative energy, right? So for me, it's, People will be like, well, where have you been? I haven't seen you in a while or just things like this. And like in my head, I'm just like, well, the reason you haven't is because every time I have shown up to something or whatever, it's just negative Mm. constantly. Mm. And I think that stems from, and again, this is just, I'm just rambling myself, spitballing here because it made me think of this. I think it stems from... A lot of people, when they get into communities, they're looking to be validated mm-hmm. rather than just showing up without an expectation of anything. So a good example is like the track pack. Like most people show up and they're like what, sh- like, what is happening here? Like, should I? do I have to run a certain time? Do I have to run two <laughs> miles? Do I have to run one mile? They're like, "Now, nah, like you could do whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. there's no expectation. Mm-hmm. So right from the get-go, it creates this like environment where it's like you are the creator of the environment like maybe I provided the platform by just shouting it out every week, but Joe is the creator of that environment. Mike is the creator of that environment. Sarah is the creator of that environment because whatever she wants to do that day, she shows up and that's her. But for you in your past, Austin I've seen is allows me to be the creator of that environment. But I've noticed in when I lived on the East Coast, it was very much like, I don't know if it's like peacocking is the word, but like everybody I feel like is walking on eggshells. (laughs)
1: Yeah, to a degree. I I think there's (laughs) it's interesting coming from that world. I I had a conversation um, with our mutual friend, Joe Lindley, uh, when we were at the Track Pack a couple weeks ago. And the biggest thing that I found in this community that's been foreign to me and that I've had to adjust to is I don't really come from a world where where people lift each other up. And this isn't like not my family. It's just like where I come from. It's It's just not a general thing. Yeah, right? And so it's sort of foreign when people are like, oh, you took knock 30 seconds off your mile or even like Joe, it's like we do hundreds and it's like, I almost want him to beat me because, and this is again, something I'm walking my my brain around to is like, you win, I win. You win, I win. We all win. Right. And so that's been the biggest, switch for me is that like oh when someone compliments you it's actually not backhanded you know there's actually not sarcasm Mm. with it or toxic masculinity with it no they genuinely are actually happy for you they genuinely are actually excited that you did well and uh that's been truthfully the biggest thing because again just from where i come from and here's the thing i would not change anything about my upbringing and growing up in this way because i think it builds character in a lot of ways but just this actual genuine care for your business and how you're doing and, and you know, your improvement and you winning because realizing that when you open yourself up to that and you get past the ego and you understand that there is abundance in the world in terms of success is not a, a zero-sum game, right? Like you winning does not take away from me winning and actually quite the contrary. You winning actually allows me to, to win more, experience more success and more joy if I open myself up to it. If I get past my ego and I open myself up to, man, we're all human beings getting after it. We're all going for it. And being around those people who are, like, that inspires me. You saying that you run, what, 227 half mile today and you're going for under five or something like the numbers, like, Damn that inspires me, man, if I open myself up to it, if I can get past my ego and, and and allow myself to be inspired, as opposed to the other road of kind of the nihilistic approach of shutting myself off. And again, I've done this of, ah, CJ's running up, he's such a hard-o, something like As the term we had back home, is, ah, such a hard-o, something like that. Um, so yeah, I think that's the I don't exactly remember what your question was, but that's the biggest difference that I Yeah, it wasn't
0: really a question. It was just saying that, like, I felt like, because the reason I posed it is because we're both from the East Coast. And I feel like here, people don't walk on eggshells as much. Like, it's more so people are just willing to, like, the Keep Austin Weird thing, even Mm -hmm. though it's like a different type of weird these days than it was probably a decade or 20 years ago. It's more so less judgment, but I think it's less judgment because we're human beings just in a single lens, like, right? We only see our own, our own world, yeah. right? Like I don't know what it's like to be Joe. I can try to understand, but I don't, I'm never ever gonna fully understand what it's like to live through behind your eyes, right? right. And when you're on the East Coast, I think everyone is afraid to even like open up to tell about what's behind their eyes. So they kind of just put the blinders on. And then when anybody else comes out from behind those blinders, that's where it's like, that guy's a hot hardo, that guy's weird. That person's this, or that person's that because everybody is just blinded. And that's where I think that like drinking alcohol, like once I got out of that and I got into an environment where I didn't have to do any certain thing or be any certain way. Like it was like, well, why am I doing this in the first place? I actually got to ask myself that question. And it also coupled with that. I think it's like pack mentality It's just like mm. pack mentality. You talked about negativity. You're either going to have the negative pack mentality or you're going to have the positive pack mentality. And now that you've seen both, cause I've seen both coming from the East coast to come in here. You're just like, I'm never fucking going back to that other side. Yeah. So <laughs> another sidebar, have you gone back? Like how much have you gone back? Yeah. And like, can you, s- it, it almost is like you see life in color and then you go back to ble- black and gray and you're just like, holy shit, this is weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have gone home. Honestly, the first couple months here, I missed home a lot and was still kind of living in that from a social perspective because I grew up and have a very close-knit group of friends back home growing up um, and very loyal and community was big in our town, very small town. But yeah, it um, it's interesting. Um, and it's interesting as – as, as you start to evolve and you start to change and then you go back and see people that maybe you haven't seen in a couple of years and seeing how they've changed or evolved or haven't um, and yeah it's it's interesting it it's it's a different world down here man. It is Austin's a special city, and it's the only city that I've lived in really outside of where I grew up um but it is very, very special in that sense of what you say is Matthew McConaughey writes about it in his book. It's like I always felt like Austin was a place where you can be anyone and you're accepted. you know you can be anyone that you want and you're accepted, or you're going to find your people. You're going to find people that you vibe with, um, which is what I really enjoy about the city and being here. And one of the other things I want to go back through, social that you mentioned, a great book um, from Psychology Nerd myself is called um, Social by Dr. Matthew Lieberman's Why Our Brains Are Wired to Connect. He's a cognitive neuroscience. He talks about just how social of creatures we truly are. And one of the things that you hit on that he talks about is, is the difference between... Unhealthy social environments and healthy social environments. And God, I I don't know how much validity there is to this, but there's a Robin Williams quote that says, You know, I used to think the worst thing in life was to end up all alone. It's not the worst thing in life is to end up with people that make you feel all alone. (laughs) Um, And that hits, man, because it's true. And again, Lieberman's book shows it with research is like, literally having an unhealthy social environment. Like, it's important to have healthy and strong and what we have at the track pack and, and a healthy social environment of people getting after it and pushing you and inspiring it. But almost more important than that is not having an unhealthy social environment Um, because there's just research that shows. And again, from own personal experience, I'm sure both of us know, like, God, when you're in that group that is doing bad habits, putting you down, like, God, it's, it's not healthy.
0: (laughs) What that makes me think of is like what we were talking about before the podcast, where we're talking about one of the number one problems with all entrepreneurs is like, we try to do too much. Right. Mm. And the quote, you can do anything. You can't do everything. Mm. And I think that just reminds me of like in terms of social where I've got myself in trouble in the past is I wanted to be everything to everyone and you're almost better being alone just like you said I'm better off being alone at my house resting than being in a negative social environment that I put myself into because I felt pressured like I had to do something or I had to show up for this certain group and I think for me, that's been the biggest change in my like entrepreneurial journey over the past five years Mm -hmm. is understanding what those groups are. And the fact that I'm now going for quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. rather I used to crave community and connection without really realizing, like, I honestly was just craving a certain type of connection deep rather than like where we can talk about all these things that we're talking about Mm -hmm. rather than like the surface level stuff. But I'd love to kick this down the street in a little bit different of a direction because I want to give you the opportunity to kind of talk about more of like what you're doing Mm -hmm. and where you're trying to go. Give us a rundown just real quickly of what your corporate life was like. Like what did you actually do and the skills that you had? And then how are you, you're utilizing them to transfer over into your job right now? Because I think another thing that a lot of people Don't give themselves enough credit for is how many skills they actually build in the corporate world. That's one thing. Like, people think that I knock the corporate world all the time because I'm an entrepreneur and I say things that, like, (laughs) I don't like. I don't like having a boss either and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, if you build a business, like, you're building a corporation. So it's just like, (laughs) I'm very cognizant of that. I just don't like how the corporate structure has created robots and not actual human beings where we can operate. And that's where my goal is to change that through the things that I build where there is no set hours or set place you have to be or just just things that I want to build, right? But I think something that I realized as I got older was, wow, I I did learn a lot even, even though I only spent a couple years in the corporate world. I did learn a lot of things that have helped me transfer into entrepreneurship. And I think a lot of people, you are a better entrepreneur than you actually think you are. Mm. um, If you're able to just kind of take a step back, have an eagle eye view and be like, what skills I accrued? Like whether it's hiring, firing, working with people, working on payroll, just like different things, you have acquired those. Mm. So I'd love for you to give a boost of confidence for anybody else out there that might be considering based on your corporate experience. So just give a little rundown of kind of what you've done in the past and how you're planning to use those skills to transfer into what you're
1: doing hundred percent. And I think an interesting thing that came up for me while you were talking there that I've realized is (laughs) we can't see our own superpowers. A lot of us can't see our own superpowers. Like for me, looking at you, your ability to build community, to there's new people at the track pack and just to effortlessly interact is a superpower to me. And it is your superpower. And I think you know it on some level, but it's very easy for us to see other people's superpowers and what they are great at. But it's harder to, I've heard the quote um, from a guy who I look up to, is um, it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle, right? So we can't see our own superpowers and the things we're good at. This is another thing that you've helped me point out, which I appreciate from you, is I'm a good cold caller. I'm good at sales. I enjoy cold calling to a degree. And I like doing that on some level. That is probably the greatest skill set that I've had and that's helped me build my speaking business and helping me build my coaching business is just the ability to, to do something that a lot of people aren't great at and don't like doing. Cold email, cold call, all that stuff. But I don't really realize it because it kind of comes naturally to me and I never thought it would. Um, but basically to run through my journey, two years ago, I, I when I graduated uh, college uh, almost three years ago now, May of 2018, I was actually on path to become a clinical psychologist. Um, I was a psychology major and had a clinical psychologist that I learned from who was very inspiring to me. And the goal was to, to go back to school, get my degree, become a psychologist. I would do therapy and private practice, and I would teach, and I'd write a book and research and all that. Worked in the mental health field for a couple of months and, and quickly realized that there's, there's a difference between reading about mental health and disorders and then actually seeing someone come into a psychiatric unit with you know, on a manic episode or off of a a suicide attempt and learned a lot. My eyes were really opened and honestly, honestly a very interesting time in my life, but one that I'm really grateful for. But in February, two and a half years ago, in February of 2019, I started working at Oracle Corporation. At the same time, I started my speaking business and just started speaking on the side and for free at colleges. And like I talked about while I was working at Oracle for a year in sales, cold calling, cold emailing, learning those skills, different tactics, all that stuff. I was building my speaking business on the side did not get paid for like a year I want to say like a year into speaking I got a gig for like 50 bucks and was ecstatic yeah. um, and it wouldn't be for like another year and and two-thirds that I would actually start making it you know somewhat. Decent speaking fees, um, but worked at Oracle Corporation for a year. Actually, took the plunge in February of 2020 to go all in to the speaking business. Started getting some potential gigs for the fall, was getting excited, and then COVID hit. Um, and so, speaking goes right out the door. Started working at another job called Advance Your Reach, which was the recent job that I, I recently left, um, who actually works with speakers. And similar role, it was less of a salesy role, but it was reaching out and doing a lot of cold email and, and cold outreach to try and connect and see if there's a fit. And so one of the greatest skills that I found in myself is not only cold calling, cold emailing, and and I love, I really enjoy that, but more than anything is there's, there's a right and there's a wrong way to do it, right? And one of the best pieces of advice I got at Oracle is the second best answer in sales to a yes is a no. If you hear a no, we do not bring in external guest speakers. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Have a good time. Delete that contact. Now I don't have to I don't have to worry about that person and they're a maybe, they might bring in speakers, they might have a budget. Like that's the worst when you're an in-between land. Um so that's one of the the greatest skills that that I can think of that I've gained from my corporate experience is just being able to smile and dial and Um, make a certain amount of cold emails and cold calls a a day and and that you can actually build a business off of that. And more than anything, you can find opportunities that you never thought were there um, if you do it in a way that, in my opinion, is, is like the moral and the ethical way. And you have to understand that Like for me, again, I never want to do business with someone if there's not going to be a good fit there. Like if there's someone, this is why I created the Speakers Network, if there's someone that's looking for a diversity and inclusion speaker, I'm not your guy. Um, And now I have the ability to say, I'm not your guy, but I know someone in my network that I can connect you to. But I think that's the big thing just from the skill sets that I've learned from working in corporate is that... Cold calling and cold emailing and all that stuff. I know people have an icky feeling about it, but if you do it in a way of just looking for opportunity, and when the opportunity do strikes, yeah, we are looking for speakers. We have a conference. Perfect. You're just filling a need for someone. Um, you're filling them and providing them value for value. So that's one of the biggest things. But in terms of you know individuals working in the corporate world, man, anything you're doing in the corporate world probably translates to entrepreneurship in in some way. If you're in operations, if you're in marketing, if you're in sales, if you're in human resources, in some way, if you're going to go out and build a business, you're probably going to need that skill set at some point down the line. Now, I think I was fortunate in the sense that sales helped me more because to start a business, you need clients, you need to be able to sell or to market. But I think anything that you're doing in the corporate world, if you have that itch to make that transition or any job that you have, all of those skill sets are, are going to be valuable if you can see them in that way. And, and again, if you can marry that then with something that you're passionate about and are excited about going to build for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Were you nervous the first time you cold call? Yeah, everyone is. The most nervous I've been speaking on stage was at Toastmasters, probably, speaking in front of people that I you know kind of knew, 10, 15 people. Yeah, man, you're nervous. I was nervous the first time I saw a pretty girl in the park and went up and said hello to her at the bar. If you do that, like, yeah, of course, very nervous. And now it's just, it's kind of second nature. And all of those things on some level are, are second nature. When
0: in your life did it transition from like, you're nervous to, okay, I got this. And this is just a specific question to you, because I think we all have like our own groove. But for you, like, do you remember that point where it goes from, I got those butterflies to,
1: I'm going to smile and dial and I'm going to make some money today. When I knew that what I was offering them and my, I think it comes back to intention. When I knew that what I was doing, the action had a great intention and value behind it. And I'll give multiple examples there. Cold calling someone to me is easy for me now because I know the product and the service that we offer, whether it's me speaking, whether it's putting Hams on stage, whether it's putting you on stage eventually with them because that's the ultimate end goal, right? That's the sale. Me getting on stage, you getting on stage, Hams getting on stage. I know that that is going to be worth their time. So cold calling is easy. Same things with speaking. I know me being on stage. One of the things I ground myself in before I go on stage is this is not about me. This is not about me. For me, it's for two things. For me, it can't be about me. Yeah, my ego is going to get a boost. But this is about the person in the audience that needs to hear my message. And then also for me, this is about everyone in my life who has helped me get to this point. That's who this is for, kind of a spiritual side of things. But just to answer your question, I can't pinpoint a time when the cold calling became easier. But cold calling for Oracle was tough because I didn't believe in what I was selling. And I didn't believe in, in what I was doing. But because I believe in what I was doing, what I'm doing now and what I'm selling now, the product, the service that I'm offering, and because I know that it can provide value and potentially change audience members' lives, cold calling kind of becomes an obligation. It's kind of something that I have to do to get that message out there. How much easier is
0: it to keep your discipline because of the value you now know
1: that you're providing? So easy, man. And and because I love what I'm doing, right? It's it's easy for me. It's easier for me to work for myself for 12, 14, 15 hours. It's easier for me to go Uber for three hours because I know that's serving and adding to my dream and that's keeping my dream alive. It's difficult for me to work for someone else for an hour because I don't believe in it. What does it feel like? And because I
0: what I did there was I tied our previous conversation to this and you, you were so spot on with your answer. And I, would, for those that can't see, like I'm just enthralled and smiling because it's, it's something that this podcast was made and created. I'm going to do it for the next until I die, probably mm-hmm. 50 years Hopefully I get to 100. We'll see Uh, with all the supplements I'm taking right now and IVs and (laughs) running as much as I can. Modern healthcare
1: technology Um, on the rise. Yeah, and hopefully (laughs) I'm going to
0: be investing in those companies and make it happen for myself, right? So I'm going to keep doing this forever because I enjoy it. And it's that same feeling where it's very easy to be disciplined to show up and do this because I I told someone the other day, they're asking me like, what should I do for my podcast? Like what equipment, like what content, whatever. And I was like, buy a $30 lav mic from your, for your phone and press record. Because if you can't press record and have guests, you don't have a podcast. If you can't have the discipline to show up every week, it doesn't matter what content you produce. If you don't, you can't show up and actually record the podcast, right? But it gets easier if it's something you love to do The discipline is just second nature. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle with discipline because they're just not in, they're swimming upstream rather than like letting just the stream take them. Like, where is the stream trying to take you? Don't go against that. Now, for you, we're coming into a world that's a little bit unknown for you, right? So you found this like cold calling is that kind of that stream, right? But we were just talking about prior to this podcast so like you know you can't call like you gotta be a CEO yeah, now. You correct. can't just spend all your days cold calling. So what are your biggest fears now that because you just went from okay, with, I was kind of swimming down the stream. I was in a, an environment where I'm cold calling and like I got the hang of that. But now you're, you're talking about coaching and investing yourself in the other things which I'm so glad that you said that because a lot of people do the opposite. When they jump ship they become scarcity minded mm. rather than like okay, when you jump ship, you need to be spending money on your weaknesses and getting up to speed and then trip spending money on your weaknesses so that you can triple down on your strengths. So like outsourcing some things that you're weak at. So you can spend more time on what you're, what you're really good at just getting a coach where you're weak so that you can again, focus on where you're strong. So you're, you're right on the money with that, but what are some of the things that you're afraid of most now that
1: you're free, bro? (laughs) God, this is a, This might be a conceited answer, and I don't want to be like, I have none, but I really am not that afraid of anything at this point. It's almost- not conceited because like, why? Because uh, I don't know if this is the right term, but I- you asked me what it felt like. I relate two things. I-, I love the Sigmund Freud quote is love and work, work and love. That's all-, that's all there is. Love and work, work and love. That's all there is. And so you asked me what it felt like. It probably felt very similar to you with this podcast or when you met Aaron or when you guys started dating of just this, oh, this is it. Or I, I imagine it. it will feel very similar to when I meet the love of my life of just, you just know. And it's how I feel about MII. It's it's. I guess it is a feeling to a degree of like, I just know. And I guess when you ask me what my biggest fear is, is like, Going to zero, you know, financially and, and being broke, kind of, but I well, guess... you've that, already been there. Right. And, and, <laughs> and I actually tweeted this the other day is like, my biggest fear is not going to your fig. do Don't fear going to zero. Fear waking up every day and living a life that is uninspired or that is, you know, unpurposeful. So again, it's, I'm just at this point right now where I feel in so much alignment in what I'm doing and I know that's what I'm meant to be doing and I know the message that I have is meant to be out there in the world. And again, I think a big part of entrepreneurship is that I'm realizing is, is not only the mindset, but like the spiritual aspect of it, right? You mentioned is, you know, my job is to go out there and connect with these individuals, whether they work with me down the line, whether it turns into business, whatever it turns into, that's not up to me. It's up to the universe. So for me, it's it's, it's, it's leaning into that spirituality as well, as well, meditation, different practices around that, having the mindset, but... What I know is that as long as I'm creating and as long as I'm doing something that I'm purposeful about and that I love and that I believe in, which I do in my message, so I quit those jobs when I don't believe in what we're doing here. I don't believe in this product. I don't believe in what we're charging for it. But as long as I'm doing something and I'm offering it to the world and I'm putting it out there and I'm creating, as long as I'm doing that, everything else is outside of my control, right? And sort of surrendering to that in a way has allowed me to, at least at this point, not have too much fear of of what the outcome is going to be. Because, you know, I knew this when I, when I was working full-time before COVID hit on my businesses. Man, I truly enjoy every second of this, every minute of this that I'm doing. And I know it kind of sounds cliche, but sending the cold emails, sending the cold calls, I freaking love it for whatever reason, you know, because... I'm doing what I love and I'm I'm living in my purpose and I'm living in what I'm passionate about and and you know I know you know this with thrive on life is that when you're doing that when you're living in full alignment whatever you're calling it it just feels right and it feels good and so that's washed away of a lot of the fears um and a lot of the anxiety as I just you know whatever happens happens but I know that what I'm doing right now and what I'm pursuing is what I'm meant to be doing and pursuing at this point in my life. And so whatever the outcome is financially, all that, you know, I'll surrender myself to that. That's that's not on mm. me. What's on me is to create. What's on me is to build something that I'm passionate about. What's on me is to is to do what I've put on this earth to do and I'm fortunate enough to have found that passion and that purpose to a degree and that's that's what's on me.
0: I think it's interesting you just said the word surrender and I also was intrigued by how you brought up Aaron because I think we're opposite in a way because the reason that I'm not fearful in business like ever pretty much is because with her, because I did some crazy things in my life yes, and that story ended up the way that it ended up, right? So it really told me that, wow, this, this universe, if you just surrender to the story and we were talking about telling that story earlier, if you surrender to that, when you look back is the only time you're gonna be able to piece things together. You can't piece things together moving forward. Like You literally just have to surrender to what do I love to do, who do I love to be around, where do I love to be, like is it the ocean, is it the mountains, is it in the middle of nowhere, like wherever, figure that out for yourself. Only you know that deep down. You have to take away that simulation, that validation, And then when you surrender to that, things start to work themselves out. Now for you, it's like the opposite. Like the business really is your first love right now. (laughs) And then I like how you said, because that can unlock things for a lot of people. And I tell a lot of, honestly, single males, it's like, dude, if you work on yourself and you work on your business, it'll be easier to find that girl because your business is, it's the same. It's like synonymous to me. It's just like, What helped me in my business was seeing Erin wake up every day and get after it and do the things she was doing. I was like, oh, this is what I need to be doing. And then once I start doing it, it's like, oh, my business gets easier because if I have to be better for her, well, I'm automatically showing up better in my business for my contractors, my partners, whatever, right? So it's cool to hear you say that in the like flip. I've never actually thought about it like that where you're coming from the approach of, If I just surrender to the if I surrender to my mission, then the other things in my life are going to. The end is secure,
1: right? The results don't
0: matter at the end of the day. Outcomes don't outcomes don't matter because you're just surrendering to the right now of what you're actually working towards. Is that helping coach somebody through personal development? Is that getting on stage and thinking about the three hundred people? 3000, 30,000, maybe 3 million one day. It's that you're speaking in front of <laughs> and what stories are they telling themselves after they walk out the door hearing you. So man, I wish I could talk to you all day. We're I have a question
1: th- for you. Are you ever would you ever go like Joe Rogan style with this thing? Cuz you could go, you could go 2-3 hours with it easily. I know I know your time's precious, but down the line is that a goal of yours in 10-20 years? To ever go just freestyle of Why 10 years. Yeah, well, that's what I'm asking is, because I know you love podcasts and you've talked about it a lot is that this is doing more of this. Have you ever thought of like, man, I could just go Joe Rogan style with this thing eventually? Two-part answer. It's very much aligned with how you kind of
0: answered earlier. I'm always focused on the end consumer. Mm. So if the end consumer wants to hear two or three hour conversations, dude, you know, I could talk for five hours. Correct. Like we can get people switching in and out and we could have so many badass conversations. I would love that more than anybody uh especially if I could make a living doing that. That would it wouldn't it would make me so happy because I know the end of that would be I get to spend more time with people I love, conversations I love, get to spend more time with my kids because I'm doing a career that I could do anywhere. Like just things like that, as I think about. So I always have that in mind. Uh second part is I would already be doing it if I could afford it. And that's the other thing is like an entrepreneur we're constantly juggling where are we spending our capital At certain points, I'm okay with taking the slower route because I still am dialing in certain areas of my life. Like I still have Erin that I'm very much focused on, okay, what is her mission and what is her, like, right? Once that's dialed in a little bit more and we know where we're gonna be and why we're gonna be there, then I can start, okay, maybe I can shuffle some capital from over here to over there. Because again, every hour costs has a correct, cost to correct, it, right? Correct, um, And I have to be able to justify that cost in the current moment. Now, my goal, I mean, this is episode, we're almost on 100, right? Yeah. And Congrats my goal, on
1: that, by the way. Appreciate it.
0: Once we get to 100, that's when I'm going to start seeking sponsors. Because now when people look at the podcast and they look back, it's like, oh, there's actual substance to this. There, there's enough there that somebody could find value, no matter who you are, because you can go through the titles and s- no matter who you are, you could probably find a title that hits home with you and you could probably hit home with that person and that story is gonna connect you. So you, you mentioned I'm a super connector, and I love community. It's interesting because my buddy Fias I had on this podcast. This was early. This was early 2019, I believe. Uh, no, t- early 2020. He's about to be on episode 100. He was episode one, mm. so I want to have him back on for Let's episode go. 100. Let's go. And one of my best friends here in Austin, founder of Prep to Your Door, amazing human being. And I asked him because I was in a little bit of a funk. I was like, "Man, like, what do you what do you think my superpower is?" From you, I, I, because I think I know what it is. I don't necessarily know how to like really fully bring it out in this world. And this was during the pandemic. So it was hard because if I'm a super connector, it's like makes my life a little bit harder. Right. So I was feeling a little bit in a funk and he's like, this is an easy one, man. Like we're sitting downstairs walking out the front door. He's like, if I asked, like, if I got 10 people in a room here and I asked them, like, when they first moved here, (laughs) how did they get connected to so-and-so? Your name would come up and at least nine out of 10 of them. (laughs) It's easy. And then he started questioning me. He was just like, why though? Like, why, why does that happen? And for me, the answer was, I know what it's like, and it, this is crazy, it goes back to conversation. I know what it's like to be in a room filled, of peop- filled with people, but be alone. I know what that's like. I've been there. I've gone to multiple different schools. I've lived in multiple different cities. I've been on a million different sports teams. I know what it's like to sit in a room and just feel alone and I never want to have anybody have that feeling so when whether you're coming through Thrive or you're coming to Trackback I've tried to use like my engineering brain to see who would be right to talk to this other person so that like they at least have someone and that they're not alone because as soon as that happens then they can thrive because Thrive was built off of not it started as me just like posting about like what I think it is to thrive, but really it's, there's not enough people thriving in this world. And ultimately I want to unlock that for people and help them thrive. And I think it stems from just being around other people that are interested in the things that you're interested in because there's a huge difference between walking into a, like if I'm a, if I'm an athlete and I walk into a room full of artists, I'm gonna feel very alone. If I'm an artist walking into a room full of athletes, but if you just switch the room, mm-hmm. People are thriving. Mm-hmm. And I just started your life's noticing. Your life is completely different. Yeah. So I noticed that from a young age. And where the podcast comes in is just like, man, you just spoke. I don't care how many people listen to it. If one person, and ultimately at the end of the day, you impacted me. So you already won. Right. We already win. We're already winning. But if one person hears this and now they're going to go about their life and take one different action, we already changed the world. And that's another thing that I wanted to use this for is people I think, when they're like, oh, I want to build something, I want to change the world, they don't really realize that like, if you change one day or you change one habit, you already change the world. If you listen to Joe here earlier, right, you gave out like four or five really badass quotes and then you had your own quotes, right? If someone takes that quote, applies it to their story, makes one different action tomorrow, you just change the world.
1: Ripple effects. And I want to go back to what you said real quick is one of the things that you said is, is this goes back to the question of passion. I, I know this is off of what you were just saying. It's true, ripple effects. You affect one person. I think Malcolm Gladwell or Jordan Peterson talks about the ripple effects. You affecting one person are getting better millions of people. Um, but what you said is your passion for super connecting, what that come out of pain. So this is kind of back to what we were talking about when I said with the healing. I was in pain mentally and emotionally and my whole personal development framework was built out of the pain that I felt and because I healed from it, Now I can hopefully go back and help other people heal, right? And so it's why I'm so interested in all of this. But often our passions and what we love is, you know, this is where I was. This is where I am now. Your ideal customer is probably who you were, right? Two, three, five years ago. So that's why I say heal, because once you heal, not only do you get greater clarity in what you love and all that stuff, but it's very possible that what you healed from or what caused you pain in your situation, being alone and knowing what that's like, well, you healed from that, and then you found a community, and then you go, oh, wait a minute. I'm passionate about helping other individuals who maybe are... seeing someone in that position, because I know what that's like. I don't want anyone to feel like that. I don't want anyone to suffer. So. And it's
0: crazy because you mentioned fitness earlier in the podcast, right? And like most people, they'll see my content, and they see me now, right? They'll, they'll see Joe ripped right now. They won't see, they don't know where that shit started. Like that shit, like for me, I wasn't even 100 pounds going into high school. It started in my basement. I was afraid to go to the motherfucking gym I would have been, I probably would, I would have 100% been a D1 athlete if I'd listened to my dad and gone to the gym when I should have went to the gym. It took me two years to be like, dad, like, can you just put a gym in our basement, right? And he put the gym in our basement. I'm reading the books alone, right? I I gained enough muscle to then, I feel confident enough to go to the YMCA. I get to the YMCA and all the Jack dudes there see me and instead of making fun of me, they're like, dude, we want to help you. And I was like, mindset shift. Wait, this place I was scared of and you know what they told me? Dude, we were you.
1: Yes. And it's a repetitive cycle.
0: We were you. I know what it's like to be the skinny guy. I know yeah. what it's like to feel inferior. And like that transferred over into now I'm a more confident public speaker. Now I'm more confident in front of girls. So Now I was training my engineering buddies who taught me engineering. Like I got through engineering school because I would train other engineers in the gym because they they were not confident in the gym. I was not confident in the classroom. So we just helped each other. That then led to, okay, when I get into the real world, like fitness classes and, and studios within the past 10 years have blown up. So I'll go to these studios and I'll be like, wow, there's people of all demographics, all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds. What is aligning us? Oh, this feeling of wanting to be more, do more, achieve more. And I'm like, shit, I know what it's like to be at the very beginning of this process. So I see people coming into the studio that are a little bit more nervous or a little bit more, they just, they're not on the path that we're on yet. And you'll see this, like whether it's at the track pack or any events that we do, you'll see, I immediately, I'm like, yo, you meet this person or you meet this person like Joe, this is so-and-so whatever, because I know what it's like to walk up to that place and be like, you get that like, you like freeze, dude, you literally freeze and get that anxiety immediately. When someone starts talking to you though, no matter who you are, it's like this calming effect. It's like, I equate it to like Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, you're like, even though you don't know each other and you only get together once a year, you haven't seen your family in two years, it's like nothing has changed, right? So like my goal ultimately at the end of the day is like to make you, give you that feeling that like you can sit down at our table, you can eat here and not only can you eat, you can provide and you can serve and you can speak and you can, because a lot of people feel like they just don't even deserve to show up to the table.
1: Yeah, and I think again for me that that feeling of, feeling like you don't deserve or you're not hurt or you're not worthy is usually comes from something in our past, something happened. It's why I'm so big on healing and I'm so big on going through that tough stuff, whether it's through the use of a coach, whether it's through the use of a therapist, whether it's your own self-analysis, reading books and understanding that stuff. Because when you do, that's why I say when we heal, we get past that stuff, then we just get our own personal power of No, my opinion is worthy, right? Like if I didn't go through all the therapy that I went through, I wouldn't be able to speak on stage. I wouldn't have believed that I had a message at 23, 24 years old. And all those voices that said, who are you to be a professional speaker that I know are out there? What message do you have at 23, 24, 25 years old would have affected me. Um, But I love that, man. I think another thing too is, I know we hit on this a little earlier, is that you're the creator of your own life. We're all creators. I actually gave a speech on this, one of a fun one that I gave in Toastmasters. I don't give it anymore, but it's on creativity. Is that we all have creativity within us? Creativity is an innate thing, but somewhere along the way, we're handed textbooks and we're given call strip, scripts by, from corporations and told this is the way to do it. We just some of us accept that. And, and we lose our innate creativity and we say the words, that they, the robots, right? We say the words that they tell us to say. We read the things that they tell us to read. We believe the things that we, we are told to believe. But if you can understand that not only do you create your experience, Sarah creates her experience, I create my experience at the track pack, other Joe creates his experience at the track pack. But if you can understand that not only do you create your experience, you create your day, you can create your whole life. And it's something we do in our coaching programs is literally map out what do you want? what does your life look like? Perfect. Let's reverse engineer that. What do you need to do today to start building that life? It's what we talked about. You want you know, this partner, whatever it is. We don't chase, we attract. So become that person who would attract that partner. Become that person who would have the seven-figure business. Whatever that looks like, whatever your dream is, whatever your life is, create that. And tap into your innate creativity. It's one of the things that with quitting this job is, man, I was on fire yesterday driving around. I was just recording videos. All this creativity is I create. this no group coaching program and all that. God, and, and, and that feeling of creativity and creating is, it's innate within us. And it's just, uh, it's this feeling of aliveness. And, and I don't know, that just came up for me because I know a little off from what you said, but we talked about that earlier, is that if you can understand that you're the creator of your own life, and then if you actually can, can go about creating your own life it becomes very very fun <laughs> hell <laughs> it yeah very fun hell yeah it,
0: it becomes you're thriving on life and yes. i'd love to help you yes. help other people yes, yes. who is somebody that's listening to this who is kind of like a prime candidate to work with you so yeah. like in in 15 to 30 seconds like what is your target audience and um what do they look like where do they live like what are you helping them with?
1: Yeah. So um, college students and young adults, So anyone from really, I don't want to box it in, but 18 to 28 to 30 years old, young adults, mainly, I work mainly with men, but I'll have conversations with women as well. I've just found that I vibe more and can get more work done and more quality work done with men, but don't want to segregate anyone out at this point. Um, but anyone who feels like either they're stuck they're not confident, they're struggling in any area of their life, mentally, emotionally, personally, professionally, socially. That's kind of the five areas that I hit on. Feeling like you're stuck, you're not confident, you have something in you that you want to pursue, you don't know how to get started, um, you're trying to figure out your passion, you're, you're trying to get out of bad habits, you're trying to be kept held accountable for something. Those are some of the pains that that I help some of our clients with. But really anyone, you can hit me up on, on Instagram at personal account, joe.johnston28. Thank you. Finally getting the personal brand and account going at joe.johnston28, or our business account is at MII Professional Speaking. Just hit me with a DM. I mean, just anyone would really love to have a conversation, but that's the main demographic and target audience. And really just helping you to get past those pains and those fears to where you want to be, to create the life that you want to create, to create the life that you were born to have. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the main stuff at MII professional speaking at joe.johnston28 um, on IG. Just shoot me a DM. We'll have a conversation and see where it goes from there. Well, you already answered my next question, which was going to be to connect them. Where can they
0: yes. talk to you? I
1: knew that was coming. I've been listening, <laughs> brother. I've been listening. <laughs> Man, I appreciate the hell out of
0: you. You know, the last question that's coming I then, do. and we ask it on every episode is what does
1: thriving mean to you? I've been thinking about it too. And the first thing that comes to me as the human optimization guy is I lived for a very long time, especially when I wrote this book, the MII Human Optimization Plan, that, that I had to be perfect and that I had to be fully optimized. And what I've realized in being down here is that pressure is a lot because no one is fully optimized and no one's perfect. So for me, we're redefining what optimization is and so thriving on life to me means getting better. Waking up every single day and just getting a little bit better. It can be mentally, it can be emotionally, it can be in your mindset, it can be in your relationships, it can be in your business, it can be in all of those areas. But it means getting better and evolving and progressing forward. That's what thriving on life means to me.
0: Chills, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's interesting because that... That falls a lot in line with, if you were to ask me my definition, um, one day I'll answer it maybe. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm still seeking the answer, to be honest, every day. But I think especially the more that I build this out and the more that I have looked at just even business in general and my life in general, that's the only thing we can do, really, at the end of the day. The only thing you can do is get a little bit better. And a lot of that has to and I'm going to give major credit to you talking about healing. I don't think people talk about it enough. If you can heal and look at your past objectively rather than with the ego view mm-hmm. of a lot of people don't want to look back because they did some things they're not necessarily happy about, right? But I can look objectively at my past and be, and and label out my faults and then understand that like I have faults right now. So where can I just like – it's basically I look at like cracks in the ground. How do I just pour a little? They're still there. They're always going to be there. Let them be there, but you can still pour a little bit of cement over it every single day and just keep getting sharper and sharper. And that makes life fun because there is no end to that. But man, it's been such a pleasure talking to you here today, Joe. And some of my, one of my biggest takeaways today was how you kind of tied back to the optimization of defining that because one of the questions i did want to ask you and i forgot was how do you define optimization because it's literally impossible to be unless we were a robot you're not fully optimized ever right and i liked how you talked about you're always going to have issues and i think that's not talked about enough and i just want to give you major kudos to that and i don't do enough of it on here and i don't think it's on purpose it's on purpose it's just i'm a very high high vibe guy so it's just like a lot of problems and stuff I just never never bring up because it's just not in it's not within me to like pull that out but I do want to do a better job on this on this podcast of talking about how like thriving on life isn't nothing is going wrong. Thriving on life is a lot of things are going wrong, but I'm looking at those things that are going wrong and saying how do I get a little bit better yeah. just like you said. So fuck yes to that. That response, I love it. Is there any last words you want to say before we hop off here?
1: No, I guess to that question is optimization is your definition of optimization. You know, everyone's story is different. Like you said, you know, everyone, 90% of brains are atypical. We all have different stories. We all have different dreams and passions. So Optimization, And this is one thing my buddy taught me is, man, it's things that matter to me and that I care about just because I don't love corporate. That doesn't mean someone could love their corporate job, right? And so optimization is you get to define that. And my goal as a coach, as a speaker, is to offer you the tools that have helped me, but to meet you where you're at, what's your of optimization? Let's map it out, actually think about it, and then let's help you get there, whatever that means. Other than that, just anyone who's interested, I... God, I've been opening myself up to networking and just connecting with people. So DM me if you're local to Austin, would love to grab coffee or something like that. But um, stay in touch on Instagram. But other than that, man, thank you for everything. Congrats on 100 coming up soon. Uh, but truly, man, thank you for – I'm going to get goosebumps. Thank you for who you are. We met a little a little under a year ago. Thank you, man. Thank you for who you are, what you do for this community, and what you're building. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for all of us because I know we're gonna be part of each other's lives for a while. Oh, so yeah, man. I appreciate you, man. Strive together, thrive together. Please reach out to Joe. He's an amazing
0: soul. And again, I'm always about connecting like-minded people and helping people optimize their own lives and thrive. So this is here Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Until next time, thrive on y'all.